When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, welcome into Running It Straight for another Wednesday afternoon following round two action in the NRL. We are talking rugby league for the next hour, people, with a very heavy focus on the one New Zealand Warriors. Uh, myself alongside Kempe, who's sitting in the studio here, resplendent as ever. Kempe with the guns out and uh, ready to rip into an hour of uh, rugby league analysis, mate. Of course, mate. Someone has to rip into rugby league today, mate. As <laughs> you know, the uh, first two rounds. Oh, I've got to say, who would have picked the Dolphins, I reckon, after round three to be sitting top of table? Well, who would have picked that top four when you look at it? Um, Seagulls, Dragons, Dolphins and Broncos as well, who have, I think, been quite a, quite a surprise through these first two rounds as well. We'll talk about them a bit later on as well as uh, Reese Walsh, Cy. Um, but coming up in the next hour, we are going to catch up with uh, Warriors. I don't even know whether to call him a prop or a second row, Kempe, because he, he's been playing prop the first two weeks, but he's going to be out on the edge this week. Um, but we're going to get Mitch Barnett um, on the show in around about 10 minutes' time. Uh, really interested chatting to him and a uh, bit of a change in roles for him this week. Kempe, you're interest, interested to see how that's going to play out for him. Yeah, look, I am. I think that he's... well. On the weekend when they lost Nukore and uh, forward to uh, HIA, they moved Mitch Barnett around the middle and the edge. Um, when they brought Nukore back on, they put him in the middle because they wanted to obviously use some energy up. He had plenty of it uh, with the HIA being on the sideline. But I just think Mitch Barnett has been a revelation in the middle of the park. Um, a lot of the, the clean-up work that people don't see, he's tidying up a lot of, um, a lot of pl- players, uh, I guess, errors in defence especially, mm. he's pulled off some big tackles. Like if you went back and you're in charge of the defensive in, um, analysis, uh, Mitch Barnett would be in a lot of the videos. So people don't see the things that he's doing. And he's re- he reminds me a lot of Campo. So Campo yeah. used to do the same. Like Campo wasn't the the most flashiest footballer, but he was such a, t- he, you know, the, the Michael Luck guy, he was just tidying up all the time, all these little indiscretions. And for me on, on Saturday night against the Sydney City Roosters, he kept them in that game in that first half. Mm. Like he was a big reason why. And we were talking about it through the uh, the commentary about the tackle count. Like he, I just threw that comment out. He must be leading the tackle count. And like you said, he was way out in front. Um, so his effort, is rubbing off on the team. And I think when you go in at halftime at 8-6, when they could have easily been down by a lot more, uh, a lot of it has to come down to Mitch Barnett and the, and the attitude that he's bringing into the, the Warriors' middle part of the football field. The, the question I got is this week they move him out to, to cover Jackson Ford on the left edge. So what happens to the middle of the park when you haven't got uh, Mitch Barnett in it? Mm. You know, do, yep. the, do those forwards step up? Do they, does the bench play a big part in it? I know the bench you can't really take at a part for the game on the weekend because of the three HIAs. But, um, yeah, he's, he's been absolutely superb, I think, their player uh, of the of the first two rounds. Mm. We'll talk to him in about 10 minutes' time. We're also going to talk about um, the Warriors team named yesterday for Teamless Tuesday, the game against Cowboys this weekend, and then we will tuck into round three NRL action and some of the other big matchups across the weekend. Uh, but just as we do to open the show, just revisit the uh, result from the weekend, which was the uh, Warriors going down to the Roosters 20 points to 12. And as Kempe mentioned, uh, you probably could have looked at a much higher scoreline, especially at... Uh, in that first half where the Roosters just dominated um, possession and territory as well. But the Warriors are stuck in it with their defence. 
the two questions I've got for you, Kempe. Um, the first one is, it's great what we're seeing from the Warriors in terms of this resilience and this hard work and this graft over the first two rounds. Can they sustain that for a 27-game season um, or 27-round season where they're, they're constantly defending that much and that hard? And the second question is, um, all well and good to be a, a strong defensive side, but what's happening on attack? Because it seems like we are maybe just lacking a little bit of creativity in that final third. The kicking game isn't quite there, and I think that showed on Saturday night where no force dropouts throughout the entire game. So basically no repeat sets down in that final sort of 10 20 metres from, yeah, yeah. from our kicking game. Yeah, yeah, and a real good analysis there, Sam. Look, I'm going to give them a, a bit of a, a get-out-of-jail card for their attack on Saturday night because of the amount of HIAs. And, the, you know, you've got to look at Dylan Walker and where he played. He started in the middle. He ended up at halfback. He played hooker um, and then went back out to 5'8", you know. So the spine really didn't get any momentum going in behind their forward pack. You know, you look at Fanua Blake and the way that he pushed through to score that try, he wouldn't have been there last year. No. You know, and so they've got him fit, and the team hung in there for long periods of time. And the reason they got done in the end, all those half breaks that Tedesco was making in the first half, and Sawley come into the back back end of the game into his own, was because in the first eleven sets they only completed two sets. Now, he said that this morning, Richie Yeager on the breakfast show. You know, we just in the end got caught with the energy. And when you're completing at ninety two percent, I don't care who you are in the competition, you're going to struggle at the back end of a game. Mm. And it was which is what the Warriors got caught in. Um, but they did show glimpses of, I guess, that resilience that you want. I think there was a tell. I think there was, you know, when you're playing poker and they get a poker tell, you mm. know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. playing cards and you're looking for what that tell is. I think the Warriors tell is when they lost forward, they lost Neil Corey, then they lost um, Nickel Clocksey, said at the back, three new blokes that come to the club, and you've got to think that, especially Neil Corey and Clockstead, then... When they bought blokes on, they didn't really step up into that spot. And that, for me, is a tell. Three new guys, they go off 27 rounds. If they lose those new players in, into this competition, then that's when we're going to see what they're, what they're made of, what Andrew Webster's bought, um, built within this club. It didn't look good when those three were off. Like You've, you've picked that. They, mm. they looked a little bit shaky. I'm, like I said, going to give them a get-out-of-jail card for that one. Hopefully no, they don't come across that again. No, and I think as well, um, and we spoke to Matty Johns yesterday and I made the comment of, I think of all the teams that lost over the weekend, I think the Warriors can probably be the happiest. You know, A lot of the teams that did lose lost very, very poorly. Some lost to teams they shouldn't have lost to. I think the Warriors actually surprisingly kept that game a lot closer than many thought it would be, but also probably what it should have been considering how much ball and possession the Roosters had. Also, the Roosters, that was the highest completion rate across the entire round over the weekend. They had the highest completion rate. We spoke about that, didn't we? Because the week before, they were terrible. So we knew that Trent Robinson was going to go in there and say to them, yep. you've got to complete. And we spoke about it in the pregame. What would, he, what would he have said to them? He said, with this young forward pack that he had, he only had a couple of, couple of first uh, graders in that side that mm. looked like a second grade forward pack. Mm. You compete to compete against this Warriors side, you need to complete. And uh, they went out there and they delivered that across, I just don't think the, the starting fallback, but their bench played a big part in it as well. So we never stuck with them in that, that stakes. You can't do that in this competition. That's the sign of the comp. When you're talking about those top four teams that are there at the moment, if you go back and look at their stats, they would have won the stats um, hands down to get those wins. And unfortunately for this competition, if you start racking up losses, even if they are close losses, they're still losses and yeah. teams are going to get away from you. Yeah, it's still two points. Um, the stat that did interest me, though, is that uh, across the first two rounds, the Warriors actually lead the competition in line breaks. Uh, so they are actually number one uh, in the comp in that regard. I just think when we're getting into that final sort of 20, and um, you know, one thing that I'd be keen to um, talk to you about, Kempe, particularly around Sean's kicking game, um, we're so used to, I guess, those up and under bombs, and I get the rationale there of it gives the chase is time to get to the to the catcher and it stops that 
particular catcher getting any um, kicking return meters, right? Because it's just a high up and under rather than a sort of low kick that gives them 10 or 20 meters to run forward. But I just wonder if maybe Sean might be better, you know, kicking for a sideline, giving the forwards a break after a tough set and also um, not, that once again doesn't allow a fullback like a Tedesco who's so dangerous to get running metres. Um, and then, of course, closer to the line rather than trying to try our hand on fifth tackle, do we just put it in behind like Penrith do so well and just reset, get another set off the back of it and just go again. So in terms of the kicking, do you think tactically, we you know, we need to change it up and, and do you even offload some of that responsibility to Tamati Martin to a Wade Egan from hooker? Because it seems like Sean does it, does it all. Well, I th- look, I've seen, I've, I think I've seen Wade Egan kick the ball twice, you know what I mean? So he will play a part kicking at some stage. I think he's your third choice. Tamati to Martin... He's the same. He admits himself, like, if they're going to get on the last, they're going to run it. You know, he's put a couple of kicks in, and, and they've been decent kicks. But Sean is your, is your predictable kicker. I like predictability because I think if you can get the kicking right, it's a, a, and even more so these days, so you can't kick the ball out, Sam, because it gets reset and you start straight away. The game is um, formed these days where it is kept in play and it's played at an up-tempo beat. So what play, um, the good kicking coaches are doing is they're working on their kickers but also the kick chase Yeah. and if you look at Penrith okay, the, the, the predictable kicking I got asked about isn't the kicking too predictable well you actually want predictable kicking because your chasers know what's coming and if the chasers know what's coming they're going to compete for the for the, for the kick um, when I was kicking coach the, the, the very first uh, point that was made and, the, and every kicking coach does this is that you have to make every kick a 50-50 kick. And what, what we mean by that is that when you kick the ball, then your chasers make that a good kick, all right? Yeah. Unfortunately for Sean, he, I don't think he is predictable. I think in his mind, he gets caught in two minds, and sometimes he's going to hit it in, in the spot at the same time, but then he gets, and like, I'm going to run it, or no, I'm going to kick it. You know what I mean? And that's when he throws everyone else off. Now, when Nathan Cleary gets the ball, it's very predictable. You, like, I'm even sitting at home going, well, here we go again. Yeah. And on the back end of it, here comes Crichton, here comes Edwards, you know what I mean? They're coming down at him 100 miles an hour. Your back rowers are getting to the ball. They're going to make it a 50-50 challenge. And that's the difference with the kick, um, the kick chase and the kick. And the other thing about it is it has to be consistent across the board. So it's not just Sean. When you do get other kickers in... Even if they can't kick, you have to make the chasers make it a good kick. Yeah, you know what I mean. So no, it's a, it's a good I, point. I, I think one. I think one of the the key areas that um, Andrew Webster's working on at the moment is their last set options. Like the kicking, if they can lift that that game, the kicking game and the kick response, the kick chase, and they're making that on the back of leading the um, the, the line breaks they become a more effective side. Yeah, 100%. I do take your point. It's a good point you make about the, uh, the kick chasers making the kicking better. Uh, we'll take a short break here on uh, Running It Straight. If you've got any questions you want to text through, double eight double three. Uh, Mitch Barnett is coming up after the break. We'll put any of your questions to him. Uh, you're listening to Running It Straight here on ECNZ. Thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider back after this. Welcome back into Running It Straight here. Coming up 20 minutes past three and got your questions coming in on Facebook as well as on the text machine, double eight, double three. But right now, uh, it's a privilege to welcome into the show a man that, as Kempi said, has been a bit of a standout over the first two rounds for the Warriors. It's Warriors forwarder Mitch Barnett. G'day, Mitch. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing very, very well. Hey, Bean, Mitch. It's Kempi here, mate. Uh, look, just tell us a little bit about how the feeling is in the camp after the loss on the weekend. Yeah, um, 
bit disappointed, obviously, with the result. Um, but that's a good thing, I guess. We we just know that we've been beating ourselves. Um, and we've got plenty to fix up. So if we can, um, you know, turn that around this week, it'll be good. Mitch, um, one thing that I um, was keen to sort of get your thoughts on, because I think for a lot of viewers out there watching on the TV or, you know, listening to it on the radio, didn't quite get a sense of uh, of just how hot it was up there in Sydney. I mean, you had to take drinks breaks throughout the game. It was sort of that uh, that humid and hot. Just give us a sense of, yeah, how tough it was playing up there. Yeah, um, obviously, yeah, it was very hot. Um, but we made it a lot harder on ourselves, obviously, by the way we attacked um, and put pressure on our defence. But... Um, you know, it doesn't get any... This week we're in Townsville, so um, we have to adapt to that and uh, play a lot better. Hey, Mitch, you've been, uh, I think, commendable in the middle of the park there when you're, when you're defending. What what is what is it like at the moment, mate? What do you like about the defence and the way that it sort of ha- hung in there in the first half after uh, having such a, a low completion set rate? Yeah, look, we're, we're working hard for each other. Uh, we're not getting things right um, all the time, but we're scrambling well, so... Uh, we're defending as a team, which is really helping us at the moment. Um, but, yeah, like I said before, we're putting too much pressure on ourselves in attack. So we need to fix that, and hopefully we can do that this week. Uh, this week you're go out, going out to, the, I'm, I'm guessing, the left edge uh, for Jackson Ford. Does that uh, mean that we'll see you at some stage go back into the middle of the park, or will you uh, play the 80 minutes out there? Um yeah, look, at this stage, I think I'll, um, I'll be definitely on the left there to start with and then maybe work my way in the middle of the field. Not too sure. It depends on sort of the game cycle. So um, just wait and see sort of what pans out. But um, I'll be out there for a fair chance, that's for sure. Yeah, you've got um, obviously a couple of new blokes in there this weekend. Tane Torpiki at the back at fullback. How's he, how's he um, shaping up for this week as, as NRL debut? Yeah, look, he's a little live wire team. Um, you know, we, we, I'm really excited to see him go. We sort of need to do our job for him and that's just play well um, and give him the ball in good spots and see if he can take his opportunities. So, um, yeah, very excited to see him go and obviously the Skipper's 200th game. Um, you know, the boys are looking to put a big performance in for both of them. Yeah, good work for Tohu, his uh, 200th game, like you just said. But just the, the back end of the sets, has there been much talk about the kicking game and the finishing to sets and the support in and around the kicker? Yeah, that, that's one subject we've been um, touching on um, and we need to be a lot better in all, all parts of that. Um, I thought the first game we sort of got our... Um, kick wrong, um, but then last week I thought we got our kick right and we didn't back the kicker up. So um, we need to all be on the same page there, and if we can do that, um, I'm hoping we can turn the results. Mitch, uh, you, you've uh, got a lot of NRL experience under you, and you're in a pack there that also has a lot of NRL games. And we just talked about Torhu going for his 200th, but then you've got the likes of Adam Fanua Blake and, and Wade Egan around you. How much, I guess, of the leadership responsibility do you see yourself holding in, in the team around those guys who you know have also played a lot of NRL games? Yeah, look, for me, it's, I don't really um, need to go out of my way to try and lead. I've just got to play my, my natural game and everything just sort of falls into place. Um, I love sort of um, leaning on blokes like Adam and that as well. He, he's got a lot of experience under his belt. And, um, Wade, he sees the game very well and very crafty. So um, 
just what I do naturally is just sort of lead my actions. I try to anyways, and um, that's all I've been doing. How much of a licence have you got, mate, to, to actually, uh, I guess, pull blokes in the line if they're not pulling their weight? Oh, yeah, look, um, I think everyone's got a licence to do that. Um, myself, personally, I'd do that naturally. I think that's what uh, makes a good teammate, um, giving people honest feedback, and um, that's that's a license to everyone. It's not just for, you know, um, me or Tony or anyone like that. So, um, you know, that's what makes a good squad when you people can uh, receive honest feedback. So, um, yeah, I haven't had to do that um, at this stage. Everyone's been swimming in the right direction. But, um, yeah, I'd expect someone to pull me in the line too if need be. Mitch, I feel like I know what you're gonna, how you're going to answer this one, probably quite diplomatically, but we've talked a lot about how the comp seems really, really tight this year, just through those first two rounds. There's been a lot of big upsets. Teams have sort of, um, lower teams have sort of closed the gap on, on some of those top teams. Is it something that, uh, you know, you guys now week to week just have a lot more confidence knowing that the comp's sort of a lot, lot closer? I mean, it seems like teams are going into these games just buoyed up by sort of seeing what's going on in some of the other games around them. Or do you guys, I know, like I said, you're probably going to say diplomatically and say you focus on your own game. But, yeah, how have you guys sort of uh, made out the rest of the comp through the first two rounds? Yeah, look, I, um, it's an interesting question, that one, because um, I'm not sure if some of the teams have got all their, you know, stars out in the paddock. But for us personally, we've um, you know won a tight one against um, the Knights there and uh, down at Wellington, and then you know we we um, lost one on the weekend against the Roosters, which you know they dug deep and um, they did the small parts area better than us. So for us going forward, uh, we've got a tough run coming ahead, and no tougher than the Cowboys. But they're they're coming off a loss too, so mm. uh, we need to you know fix up what we did wrong last week and get our sort of transitions right. And um, if we can do that, hopefully we can see a better result. Mate, coming out of the off-season and you're two games into the, the competition now, have you have you seen good signs of delivery in the first two rounds? And um, what I'm asking is that you can actually keep lifting the bar? Yeah, we're, we're by no means a finished product, um, which is the beauty for us. We, we've got so much more growth. Um, and we're still a very new side for, um, you know, in terms of games spent together. Um, a lot of new boys in there and uh, the likes of that. So we, we've got a lot of um, growth, like I said, uh, going forward. And uh, we just need to, we can't waste a day, whether it's training or playing, we need to, really work on our skills, individual skills and team skills. So uh, we can do that, we can keep growing. Uh, Mitch, there's been a couple of texts coming in here on the text machine. I'll paraphrase them because they're uh, they're all pretty similar. They're all asking about um, how or the influence of, of Kai Cutter France, and it seems like, uh, particularly around the ruck, you guys are doing a great job of, of slowing the play the ball speed down. And you think of a side like the Roosters, who that's sort of their bread and butter, and uh, we were able to sort of keep it quite slow for them. Just, I guess, give the fans a bit of a sense of of the work that Kai Cutter France has been doing with you guys in the in the sort of wrestle and the impact that that's had. Yeah, well, yeah, Kai and John uh, done a lot of work with us, and we've um, just sort of learned some te- technical things that we can, in terms of body position and stuff like that. But we worked really hard on that, um, doing a few sessions a week, and um, probably getting our conditioning up on that um, has really helped us. I think um, in terms of our fitness in the wrestle, it's a different type of wrestle uh, conditioning. Sorry, mm. and um, so. 
doing that sort of thing and um, the technical side of it, we're all on the same page and hopefully move in the same way. So uh, that's and then obviously who he is, uh, his presence um, helps. Like we've all got massive respect for him. He's a very humble guy and easy to approach. So we just want to do well for everyone. Is it a little bit um, sort of bizarre, Mitch? I know teams probably do work on on the wrestle, um, you know, quite a bit during their during their week. But is it sort of weird it, it, it coming from a different angle, a different person in a UFC fighter? Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, the US, UFC fan itself, so um, you know, but like having his opinion, he can do it from a wrestle background, and then when you get Webb in there, who gets the football side of it, and they both go together. Um, you get some really good ideas out of it. So, um, yeah, we, we still have a lot of growth that we can do in that area. Um, but it definitely improved from day one to now, that's for sure. And just a question uh, before we finish up, Mitch, is coming from Ted here. And I'm not sure if uh, you would have had one because uh, I know you, we haven't played a game at Mount Smart yet, but he says, has Mitch had a Fritz's wiener yet? No, definitely not. We don't know what it is. <laughs> I can tell you when you get to Mount Smart, mate, it might become your uh, your morning routine. So uh, really appreciate you coming on, Mitch, mate. Uh, big big game this weekend up in Townsville against the Cowboys. So, so wish you all the best. Thanks heaps for coming on. Beautiful. Thanks for having you guys. There you go, Mitch Barnett there uh, from the Warriors. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure once he gets a taste of the Fritz's wieners, Kemper, you'll be all over them. Uh, <laughs> nice question, yeah, Ted. Uh, look, look, just the way that he was speaking about accountability for me in that conversation um, and leading by example, he's been doing that the first two weeks. He, I think he's a, a key product this year to make sure that they can continually stay within the race. And um, pushing him out on the edge, I think I've seen enough of Mitch Barnett being in the middle of the park for for the rest of the year. Mm. Uh, so the sooner that we can get the Jackson Fords back, then the edge player so he can move back in there. He's he's so, he's just one of the areas that we really struggled at why we were getting caught out on the edges was actually doing the job in the middle and Mitch has, has tidied that right up. Yeah, and there was a question actually on our um, our Facebook stream about the speed of the play of the ball. Um, someone said uh, the speed of the play ball was slow compared to the likes of the Penrith and Roosters, but I actually disagree. If you look at the stats across the first two rounds, our play of the ball speed has been much faster than our opposition. I think a big part of that is being able to hold them down longer the tackle and Kaikata France working with the, with the forwards on that too. Um, I did try and ask Mitch there, I probably didn't phrase it very well, Kempi, but uh, maybe you can add to something off the back of it. Like the players must be looking at the comp this year and just seeing some of these results and it must just give you a little bit of confidence, you know, because in the past you saw Penrith scoring 60, 70 points, you saw Melbourne, and it must have affected you mentally going into a game. I know they're professional athletes, I know they're going in, you know, wanting to win every game, but surely just noticing that the comp seems a bit tighter must bore you up if you're a team that's been down the bottom for a couple of years. Oh, 100%. The comp, like they, we've talked about it the first two weeks, you, you just can't wait for the next game to come on TV. The only the game that I've been disappointed with was West Tigers yeah, was, on the weekend. Yeah. They, they actually lived up to expectations. They were terrible. <laughs> um, but everyone else who's gone out and played each other, it's been a real contest. The, the, the thing that's really interesting over the, over the first two weeks there's been a lot of good players that haven't been playing. That's true. Um, and what that has done is it has even up the competition and teams have been taking full advantage of that. We've got to look out for the actual competition going to another level when teams actually get back to full strength. Yeah. So whilst... You know, you get these teams. You see this in the EPL quite a bit, Sam. You get, you know, the likes of a Leeds United or a um, or a Wolves jump out to a, to a two or three game win early on in the season. But come the back end of the season, they're down the bottom. We're going to look out when all the players start coming back. Mm. When players start coming back, teams start to form combinations, and their rosters tell you that. That's why all the good pundits have picked 
um, all of their put all of their analysis into the rosters, mm. then that's when we'll see how these teams cope. Yeah, and I know um, Matty on on the on his Fox show on uh, on Sunday night said you got to wait for six rounds before you get a get an Always idea. Always wait of, for six. Yeah, rounds. before you get an idea yep. of how teams really really tracking. Um, we're taking a short break for news, sport, and weather. We will look ahead towards this weekend's game against the Cowboys. Go through the team list as well. Uh, running it straight here on ECNZ. Thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. Back after news. Running it straight. We're coming up. 26 minutes away from 4 o'clock if you want to send in a message double eight double three, or you can jump on our live streams on Facebook, YouTube um, drop us a comment or a question for Kempe and we will uh, we'll discuss it but this weekend Cowboys Warriors up in Townsville 7.30 kickoff uh, we'll have the live call here for you on SENZ and uh, I'll just run through the team lists quickly for you so the Warriors team actually I'll start with the Cowboys team Tom Chester uh, comes in for uh, Scott Drinkwater who of course is going to face a bit of time on the sidelines after that high shot on Corey Oates so uh, he's only played one NRL game Tom Chester comes in for a second at fullback uh, Kyle felt uh, Murray uh, Dolangi on the wings uh, Valentine Holmes and then forgive me for this one, is it Jehamat Shibasaki? He'll be in the centres. Uh, Tom Dead and Chad Townsend in the halves. Then uh, Jordan McLean, Ruben Cotter, the props. Reese Robson will be the starting hooker. Then Cohen Hess, Jeremiah Nanai and Jason Tomalolo in the second row. Their interchange is Jake Granfield, Griffin Neem, Jermaine Tanoa Brown going up against his former club and James Tamo for the Cowboys. Uh, the Warriors team... Uh, Coming in at fullback for Charles Nicol Klukstar is uh, Tane Tuopaki, who's making his NRL debut and impressing in the New South Wales Cup as well. Talk to Kempi about him shortly. On the wings, got Edward Cossie, Marcelo Montoya, the two centres unchanged, Braden Williami and Adam Pompey. Uh, the two halves, Timothy Martin, Sean Johnson. The front rowers, Bunty Afoa, Adam Fanua, Blake, Wade Egan, the hooker, then Mitch Barnett in the second row this week round with Maratini Akore and uh, Tohu Harris, the lock. On the interchange, Dylan Walker, Josh Curran, Bailey Surin and Tom Ale. So a pretty uh, relatively unchanged team apart from those force changes. So uh, Bunty Afoa coming in for uh, Jackson Ford and Mitch Barnett switching with him. And then, uh, of course, the fullback there with uh, To Opeki taking over from chance, Nicol Klusta. So... Kempe, uh, let's start with the Warriors team that they named yesterday afternoon. What do you what do you make of the side, the sort of shifts that they've had to make, and uh, and guys like Bunty Arfoa starting the game there at prop. Yep, they're going to they're going to be in a hit, immense pressure in the middle of the park. If you have a look at the Cowboys side, they've got to pick the big side. Their bench, especially, you know, with Griffin Neem on there, along with James Tamo, um, and of course Tanoa Brown, who, who we know only too well at the Warriors. You've got three big boppers coming off, and they picked the hooker on there and Jake Granville to come on and and play his part as well. So they're going down the middle of the park without a doubt against uh, the Warriors side. No, Mitch Barnett there in the middle of the park has me a little bit worried. The other part which has been really evident over the last two weeks, is how coaches have been targeting Sean Johnson. Now, you got young Nanai coming out there on that right edge, running good lines, and did you see the try scored on the weekend? You only have to give him half, half a foot, mm. and he is going to carve you to pieces. So if they do the job in the middle, expect the Cowboys to go down that right edge, um, plenty of points in and around Nanai uh, and that right edge too. So it's going to be a really tough job for the Warriors on a very hot humid night up there in Townsville on Saturday be be lots of fluid taken on board young uh, Tane at fullback now it's a debut that you would hope would have been played at home and 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 whether that you would probably be feeling a lot more comfortable about he'd have a lot of energy let's hope that he doesn't use up all that 
that nervous energy before the game, before he gets the kickoff, um, because he's got to be put under a lot of pressure too. He's short in stature. You've got one of the best kickers in the game and Chad Townsend coming down on you. They would work on that as well. He's pretty he's pretty astute coach mm. as, um, as the Cowboys coach. And I just, I just think they've got their work cut out on Saturday night, the Warriors. I, I'm a little bit worried about the middle of the park. I'm a little bit worried about the bench coming on um, with Mitch, Mitch Barnett out there on the edge. And, of course, a fullback. I know that when I looked at the sides, Sammy, I've got to say the changes looked exactly the same. Two fullbacks, mm-hmm. a couple of outside backs coming in. Um, and then you've got this big forward battle going on again. But, man, they've got a big forward pack. Yeah, I personally think the Cowboys played against the Raiders in round one, the best half of football across the two rounds. I thought they were almost impeccable, and then they just gave it up in the second half. And then against the Broncos, I actually thought in the first half they also were on top of them, and they dominate. just that second half completely flipped on its head. Scott Drinkwater goes off. Reese Walsh opens the game up, and away they go. So Personally, I don't think they've been out of second gear. So, no, no, I think they've, yeah, 100%. I, th- I think the Cowboys look dangerous. I think they really do look dangerous, and I still think they've got all that cohesion that they had last year. It will be interesting to see how uh, Chester slots in at fullback and how he works, because Drinkwater is obviously such a big part of their open field play, he where he just makes those quick breaks so fast as well. But um, for everyone who hasn't seen, uh, go and watch uh, Tane uh, Opiki's highlights on YouTube, and he was playing in the New South Wales Cup last week. He's an exciting young talent, Kempi, and I am really looking forward to, to watching him debut, and yeah, hopefully... Um, the bright lights aren't too, you know, don't get to them too much. So uh, up in Townsville, 7.30 on Saturday night, What's your, where's your head and heart sort of going for what the result might be? Oh, look, I think the, I think the competition at the moment, as we're seeing with all these tight scores, there's not a hell of a lot of points scored in it, but I'm a little bit worried that the, the Cowboys, desperate for a win, might get away on, on the Warriors here. If they don't uh, knuckle down, if they start like they did against the Sydney City up in Townsville, then I think it would be a really long night. Uh, yeah, Tane, I think, you know, playing at fullback, he's he's got the pedigree. He uh, it's exactly the same pedigree as Brent Webb, player of the the year in the Queensland Cup. comes from comes from a good 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 club, uh, and finally makes his his debut in the NRL. I'm expecting him to have a, a solid game. Mm-hmm. I'm just a little bit worried about that right edge in the in the middle at the moment. So, yeah, it could be for me maybe the first blowout I'm looking at. I think the I think the Cowboys if they hit third and fourth gear. Look out. Mm. I'm trying to decide where I'm going to lean. I, I'm just going to keep my powder dry. I think I need to wait until later in the week and see where my heart falls. I My head sort of tells me, I agree with you, that um, I think the Cowboys are due to just come out of the gates flying, which does scare me a little bit. But at the same time, if we see what we've seen from the Warriors the last few weeks defensively, by all means, I think they have a chance to uh, to tip them up uh, up in Townsville. Um, the, the other the other one too, Sam, is I, don't, I I actually think the young kid that they've picked at fullback starts on the wing. I think Valentine Hones starts at fullback. I, I tend to agree with you there. I think they'll shift it around before kickoff. Um, no backs on the bench, though, for uh, the Cowboys, which is interesting to me, uh, given the concussions that we've been having across the first two rounds. I just want to get through a couple of texts here before we do take a break, Kimby, because there's been a lot that have come in. Uh, first of all, Dave says, uh, love running it straight. Keep up the good work, fellas. Great interviews and insights. Cheers, Dave. Uh, Ken says, Kempe, you're still saying Dragons are going to get the wooden spoon. There's some real class on that side and some great young talent. Kenny, I tell Kenny, you what, they did surprise. Yeah. <laughs> they did surprise though, Kempe. I mean, I I almost off that one game am taken aback with how cohesive they were. I just thought they'd be totally disjointed. And the forward pack really is when you look at it on paper. I think the the worst forward pack in the comp. But they did get they did play impressively against the Titans. I I, I thought Murdoch Masala was very he good was a, down that left great. edge. He was you know, he's making breaks and 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 putting question marks to the defence all the time. You're right around the young blokes. Ben Hunt plays well, but come on, it was only the Titans. The Titans had a 12-2 
lead before they just went bang, bang, bang um, before half time and got in front there, uh, St George. I, I just think at the, at the moment the competition is a little bit of a false um, competition because you haven't got everyone back through the teams that uh, these rosters know, what we know where the rosters are, and you've got teams at the top which aren't really going to be there, I don't think, at the end of the year. Could be proven wrong. It might be one of those years, but... Um, no, I definitely, I, I definitely agree. Like, it's... it's Yeah, you've got to preface everything by saying it's only round two, and teams like the Dolphins, I mean, it's a long season. They don't have a lot of depth as things start to well, get a know, bit tougher. I just know that you go through um, double-figure injuries. Yeah. All right? So it does come down to your roster and mm. where you put players. And if some teams lose rosters, and that's what I mean about the tell on the Warriors in the weekend, two, two edge players and a fullback... Well, it was a tell. The roster wasn't wasn't going to work. Mm. You know, they just yeah. they lost their way a little bit and couldn't actually get that fluidity going. Um, and yet, we we we're looking at a, a Sydney City team that has got lots of players to come back. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. So, I think at the moment, Ken, you know, it's good to if you're a St George supporter. Enjoy them while they're on top at the moment. Take a screenshot. Um, I've always said, Kempe, I'll say it till the cows come home. Uh, the team that wins the comp is the team that stays the fittest. Um, another text in here. Speaking of kick chase, how big a loss is DWZ and is it time to give Vilea a shot at centre as Pompey seems to be playing in slow motion, especially on the kick chase? Yeah, well, it depends on where his head is, um, Vilea, in, in the club and whether or not he can get Adam's position. I think there will be changes in that back line, uh, but I don't think they'll be because of um, form. I think they'll be because of injury. Uh, Mark says, hey, Kimby and Sam, really think the Warriors can upset the Cowboys this weekend, uh, being without at least two of their very best players in Hiku and Drinkwater. Um, Peter Hiku as well is a massive part of that Cowboys team. Um, Sean says, Arvo, boys, if the 11-day stand-down for concussion coming in, maybe, will this mean the squads will be made bigger? Will they make playing day squads larger, I guess is what he's saying. The 11 days will stop teams faking HIA tests. It will definitely test the depth of teams. Um, that's in regards to, I don't think that has come in yet, hasn't it? But they've floated the, the idea of 11-day mandatory stand-down. Well, it is, it's a mandatory stand-down here in New Zealand of two weeks if, you, if you're concussed in rugby league in this country. So uh, I think it will come into play. Look, the, the, the interesting part about this is the doctors that all sit in the, the bunker now and, and can pull players off of willy-nilly. We saw that in round one. We saw it in round two. How long does that hang around? Hmm. Like, cost-wise, let's talk about cost-wise, you know, eight games uh, across the round, eight doctors, you know, and you've got them just there guessing on concussion. Like, it's sort of, I still think that that's the, a, a, mate, it's a, a, it's the elephant in the room. Like, what a doc, why have a doctor at a club if you've got one in a bunker? Seriously. Mm, yeah, okay. And I know doctors, they're very ethical people. How does the doctor on the sideline feel when a doctor at the bunker overrules them? Hmm. Yeah, and not and not as close to the actions. I know they hit, they see all the different. And maybe that maybe that. But is, they've been working with the players all year. They've been doing all of the all of the testing. They know exactly what the player is going through, and then they get a call from a bunker saying, "Now you got to pull that player off." What does a doctor on a, on, on your your team doctor sit there go? Mm. Why am I here? Yeah, what am I getting paid for? Um, we do need to move along. I'll just throw this one out to you before we take the break because we're going to talk through the rest of the games after the break. Kempi, uh, who you're picking? Roosters, Rabbitohs need a hand with my tipping. I tell Game you what, of the round. I tell you what, everyone needs help with their tipping at this stage. Starting to fall behind. 
behind. I usually picture the respective names fighting it out who would win, but I can't decide. Who would win if a rabbit and a rooster had a fight? Maybe a rooster because of the beak. Cheers for the help. Love, love the show <laughs> going, on Wednesday. I'm going south. I love the show on a Wednesday. Gets that energy going for Thursday night. Uh, no name on that text, but appreciate you. Double eight, double three. If you want to get your thoughts in, we will go through some of the other big matchups coming up this weekend here on Running It Straight. Thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. Ten minutes away from four here on Running It Straight, and I can tell you just fresh off, uh, fresh off the press, it's come out on NRL.com that the AR. LC have approved new head injury protocols. The 11-day stand-down will be mandatory following a diagnosed concussion. So there you go, just what we were talking about before. Uh, the other games on this round, Kempe, we'll just run through them really quickly and uh, you can give your tips out so that people can go 8 from 8 in their competitions. 100%. Uh, sea Eagles, <laughs> Eels tomorrow night. Sea oh, Eagles manly. sitting pretty at the top. You think Manly get it done? I think, I think, Man, I think Manly, manly are the form team of the competition at the moment. But what about the Eels? Who would have thought the Eels are sitting in 16th position? Yeah, and and yeah, Matty was saying that today. Very worried about the Eels going, because they've got another two very hard games coming up in Penrith and Sydney. They could go 0-5 to start the season, which after a grand final, it's just about the worst start. Well, it is the worst start to a, to a season you could have. Um, Friday night, 8 o'clock claim is the Knights and the Dolphins. You think the, uh, the Dolphins keep it going? 3-0? I, I do. I think the Dolphins get another one. Kalen Pong is out, and they're struggling big time are the Knights uh, I think the Dolphins just a bit of resilient bit of confidence under Wayne Bennett and and again they get another two points Roosters Rabbitohs 10pm you said it's the, the game. game of the round uh, it is the game of the round so what do you reckon J- Jared Warrior Hardgraves Victor Radley are back the only player missing is Tupaloto in the in the edge before they start to look good I think they start building on that win uh, next week um, uh, this week and it's going to be a really good game but I think South uh, hurt after that Penrith loss mm. Yep. After especially what Latrell Mitchell said, and I'm expecting South to bounce back. So you reckon South get the dub? I do. I still think the Roosters, they have a lot more to give, and I still think they're getting the wheels going. And that We've seen that the last few seasons, so I'm with you there on the Rabbits. Um, Titans Storm Saturday, 5pm, which is interesting because the Storm haven't looked anywhere near uh, the Storm that we've known in the past. The Titans going down to the Dragons, though, so... What, you probably they would have thought that Canterbury would go down there after their loss. Oh, 100%. And, that was, that and, was and the win the way that they did. That was the surprise result. You know for what me. I mean? I, yeah. I got them as the biggest sliders this year, Melbourne. So um, I don't think they lose two in a row. I just think they lose some games that people don't expect them to lose. I'm, I'm expecting Wayne um, Ballyake to get them up. Storm then over the Titans. Uh, we've already given the Warriors, Cowboys, Broncos, Dragons, 9.30 on Saturday night. Broncos. Should be an easy win for the Broncos. But hey, Kenny, we'll wait and see. Reese Walsh, will he back it up? And then uh, Bulldogs, Wests on Sunday at 6 p.m. Gee, the Wests are looking. Tigers by 50. If you're a Tigers, <laughs> get out of it. Tigers or Bulldogs? If you're, <laughs> Bulldogs, if you're, mate. If you're a Tigers fan, um, man, it is, I'd almost be panic stations. And I, I've heard as well that the disconnect between Tim Sheens, Robbie Farah, and Benji Marshall. You've got to remember that Tim Sheens is 70 years old, hasn't coached in the NRL for a good part of 10 years, and the title he won was 18 years ago. I just think um, they haven't quite got it right, that coaching I setup. just don't think they got the stock. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, on paper, the Ford pack is fine, but yeah, they just I, I are think not Luke, delivering. I think Luke Brooks, oh, oh, he's got to go. He's got to go. Yeah, he's got to go. He, the question's got to be asked. He's on a million bucks as well, which is you know highly concerning for their salary cap. And then final game on the Sunday, the Sharks, the Raiders. The Sharks, to me, were another big surprise. I didn't expect them to beat the Eels uh, with Nico Hines out, but they're up against the Raiders up in Canberra. Uh, what do you reckon? Sharkies. Yep. I just I love what Craig Fitzgibbon's done to the Sharks. The, just the way they they came out and won that game. They don't have that was big, a game of the that was a game of the round last they, week. They don't have the big names, but they just have that they cohesion. They just have the team just coming the, together. They, and, they do the resilience of that side. Um, they'll be there at the end of the year. Guarantee it. 
There you go. So there you go. That, those are our tips for the round. Uh, jot them down if you want to go eight from eight listening to Kempi or zero from eight listening to me. Uh, you can blame it on one of us come next week. We'll take another short break and come back and wrap the show afterwards. Yeah, we're coming up to four o'clock, the run home not far away. Thanks, Stephen McIver, sitting in the chair between four and seven today. Keep it together, Kempi, please. Only a minute to go. Uh, Paul, you've texted in saying, first time listening to the show, absolutely fantastic. You guys really know your league. It'll definitely help me with my multi on the weekend. Appreciate the first half of your text, Paul, but I have to be honest with you. I'm currently sitting 161,000th. Uh, in the NRL tipping comp at the moment, so yeah, do close. not do not trust me at all. Not on a golf course either. <laughs> my score's a lot lower on a golf course than it is in my tipping. Well, just because you're throwing them at the greens. I throw I throw my tips away. I tell you, I, I think I got three out of eight last week, but that's just the NRL. It's I actually like it. It's back to its best, Kempi. Back it to is. being its unpredictable. Best, Honestly, so. it is the best game at the moment. I can't believe. How good the football is. I can't wait yeah. for tomorrow night. Yeah, the quality is uh, ramped up big time. So kicking off tomorrow night, uh, the Eels playing, and I've forgotten who they're playing now, Kempi. Well, well, we've, we've got the Warriors-Cowboys Saturday night live here on SCNZ.